0: Hello and welcome to Touch of God. This is Pastor Mark Whelan. And this week we are continuing with our series, Your Identity in Christ. This week we are specifically focusing in on the topic of sin, the temptations, the desires to commit sin, and how the new believer, the believer in Christ, is set free from sin only because of the sacrifices that our Christ Jesus made at the cross at Calvary. So, Jesus has set you free from the bondage of sin and the wages of it being a spiritual death. But do you know it, and is your conscience one of sinfulness or righteousness? Are you living free from the condemnation and the guilt of sin? Or do you feel that you are forever condemning yourself and feeling guilty of the sin that you feel that you have no power over? So, today I begin to ask you a few questions. Do you feel free from the bondage of sin even though the blood of Jesus has made you free? Do you feel free even though Jesus has made you free? Do you believe that you are free? Do you base your beliefs on what you feel or the written word of God that is the truth regardless of what you feel? So if you are born again you are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. God has rescued you, according to Colossians, out of the domain of darkness, out of under the powers of demonic realm, Satan and the demons. And he has rescued you out of the domain of darkness and into the kingdom of his beloved son, Jesus. So if you are born again, you are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. God has rescued you out of the domain of darkness and into the kingdom of his beloved son, Jesus. So to continue on in sin or not understand fully that you are free of sin is the same as you acting like someone other than yourself. Imagine you are on a stage and you are acting in a play. You are not acting yourself. You are by accident acting someone else on stage. And they're wondering, why are you acting like me and not acting like yourself? You should be acting who you are and being who you are, not As someone else, someone that you used to be before God created you brand new, when you received him as Lord and Savior. So when we look at the topic of sin and temptations, let's look at book of James chapter 1 verse 13. It says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted from God, for God is incapable of being tempted by what is evil, and he himself tempts no one. Verse 14, but every person is tempted when he is drawn away, enticed and baited by his own evil desire, lust and passions. Now remember last week we had the analogy of the fish in the water. No one is pushing the fish towards the bait on the end of the hook that the fisherman has with the rod. No one is pushing the fish towards the bait The bait on the end of the hook. The fish decides on its own accord with its own free will that it is tempted, it has a desire to eat the bait, but when it consumes the bait or tries to eat the bait, it is hooked. It is addicted to the hook. Verse 15, then the evil desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully matured, brings forth death. So there is a life cycle of a desire when it has become conceived, Gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully matured, brings forth death. So, you can already understand here today that just because you are tempted by something doesn't mean you have immediately sinned against the Lord. It is only when you take action to explore, or think, or fantasize about that sin, or temptation, or desire, and actually try to take part in that temptation and desire that it leads to sin, and now you have sinned. So just being tempted is not committing sin. It is what happens next that counts. So today we begin to look at three aspects of the deliverance of sin by what Jesus has done for us, how God cleanses us of the sin and condemnation of sin and all unrighteousness, and also how we can stay free from from these desires these temptations how we can stay free from the of the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life and so the, the aspects that we're going to be look at looking at today and maybe for the next couple of weeks as this is a fairly large topic how have we been set free in the first place how has God set us free The second item is, how can we be cleansed and forgiven of our sins in our daily lives, even once we are a born-again believer? And then the last aspect is, how can we keep from sinning and acting upon the heartfelt desires of evil temptations? So, first thing is, how have we been set free already as a born-again believer? Now, this is only applies if you have received Jesus as your Savior and your Lord. You have to be born again in order to be set free by the blood of Jesus. Faith in the name of Jesus. Ask Jesus into your heart today. Open up the house, the door of your house, the door of your heart. Let Jesus into all the rooms of your heart. Do not let him be confined to the first floor or the ground floor. But allow him into every room in your heart. Do not keep anything from the Lord, because he knows all things. So you might as well declare all things in your heart, good and bad, to the Lord every day. And let him cleanse you. Confess these things. Confess what's in the rooms of your heart. Place them on the altar of the Lord and let him cleanse you. And so you can be truly set free in your soul. So how have we been set free? How has the believer been set free? In Romans chapter 6, we look at verses 4, 5, 6, and 7. Romans 6, 4-7. Verse 4 says, We were buried therefore with him by the baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, so we too might habitually live and behave in newness of life. Verse 5, for if we have become one with him by sharing a death like his, we shall also be one with him in sharing his resurrection by a new life lived for God. Now, pause here and remember from the beginning of the program, we were talking about if you're on stage and you're acting like someone else, you're acting like who you used to be, you should be being who you are now. You must realize that your old self, your old man, is now dead. God has paid for your old man to be dead. God has paid for you to have a new life, newness of life, new spirit, regenerated spirit inside of you. So now be who you are, not be who you used to be. So we have become one with Christ by sharing a death with him. Verse 5. So therefore, we shall also be one with him in sharing his resurrection by a new life lived for God. So now, that's why if you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we are partakers of the divine nature and the divine blessings, whatever occurred to Christ, if we believe in him, then we inherit what he became and what has become of Jesus. So that means the death, the burial, and the resurrection, and a new life. So Romans chapter six, verse six says, we know that our old unrenewed self was nailed to the cross with him in order that our body, which is the instrument of sin, might be made ineffective and inactive for evil, that we might no longer be the slaves of sin. So remember Hebrews chapter four, verse 12 says, the word of God is active and alive. And look what happened to the word. The word came and he healed us. The word came and was placed on the cross that we might be made inactive for evil. So the word which is active and alive may cause us, by believing in the word that is Christ himself, we might become ineffective and inactive for evil, that we might no longer be the slaves of sin. If you're feeling the sla- a slave of sin or a slave of bondage today, and you are born again, you are being deceived by the devil by a lack of knowledge of the Word of God. You are you are still living a lie, maybe not by choice, but the choice you have made is to not understand the truth or or explore the Word of God to find out what the truth is. Okay, that was your choice. But I'm glad today that you're listening to this program and you're investigating these verses for yourself outside of this program during the week, that you may realize that you are now born again, you are free, you are free from sin, and what that all means for you now in your daily lives. Amen? In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So, We know that our old unrenewed self was nailed to the cross with him, Jesus, in order that our body, which is the instrument of sin, might be made ineffective and inactive for evil, that we might no longer be the slaves of sin. So imagine your body is a car. And when you give your life to Jesus, because you were nailed to the cross with Christ, imagine Jesus Taking, opening up the the bonnet, the hood at the front of the car, and disconnecting the cables from the battery. So you're no longer connected to your old self. You're no longer connected to sin. Therefore, the car is inactive. It's ineffective to drive because it is not connected to the old self to to be an instrument of sin. It can no longer drive to sin or drive in sin. It is disconnected from the battery of evil. So now you are disconnected. Jesus has disconnected you from sin and is made ineffective and inactive for evil. You are dead to sin. You can no longer start unless you really, really focus on sin, but that is not you. You should not be going out and intentionally committing sin because that is not your nature now. God has given you a new heart, a new nature, a new spirit. So this is not you. But. In the event that you still slip and you do commit a sin, even if you are a believer, become born again, then God has still made a way. He has made a way of escape. Then you just simply confess with your mouth, Jesus says Lord. You confess Jesus, but you confess your sins to Jesus. You confess them with your mouth and say, Lord, please forgive me. In 1 John chapter 1, Verse 9 says that if we confess our sins, God is faithful to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. But as we proceed on to verse 7 of Romans chapter 6, it says, for when a man dies, he is freed, loosed, delivered from the power of sin among men. That is amazing. God has made it possible for us to be free from the bondage of sin, and we must not forget this and we must spend time every day realizing this truth because every day of our lives we are surrounded by temptation small and big and if we get to really understand this topic then you will be able to stay ahead of sin to stay ahead of temptations and remember the life cycle of a desire is that when it is conceived it it brings forth sin conceives sin and then it eventually leads to a spiritual death But how about we don't even get that far? Maybe we tackle this right in the beginning. Immediately we are tempted. We do not let that desire take root in our hearts. We look away. We don't look back at that temptation. We say no. The Bible says make no provision. Make no provision for sin or evil. So we must immediately take action and give it to the Lord. Say, Lord, strengthen me in this hour. Strengthen me as I see this temptation in front of my eyes, or I I want to taste this thing, or I want to consume this thing, or I want to go over here and commit this sin. God's power inside of you is more powerful than the sin or the temptation that is in front of you. That is why, and that is what it says in Corinthians, that while God is not tempting you, He has nevertheless limited to the power of the temptation so that you are able to overcome it with the word no, with the word Jesus, the name that is above all names. Let's turn to Romans chapter 16, verses 14 to 18. It says, "'For sin shall not any longer exert dominion over you, "'since now you are not under law as slaves.' But under grace, as subjects of God's favor and mercy. What then are we to conclude? Shall we sin because we live not under law, but under God's favor and mercy? Certainly not. Do you not know that if you continually surrender yourselves to anyone to do his will, you are the slaves of him whom you obey? Whether that be to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness, right doing, and right standing with God. Verse 17, but thank God, though you were once slaves of sin, you have become obedient with all your heart to the standard of teaching in which you were instructed and to which you were committed. Now, I want to pause here on verse 17, because remember, this is a letter from the apostle Paul to the, to the church at Rome. So that he, he is declaring here, he is saying that they have become obedient with all their hearts to the standard of teaching in which they were instructed and to which they were committed. But Paul is not saying that about us today. But we need to believe that we have become obedient with our hearts. We need to make sure that we are obedient with our hearts. We are not free unless we are obedient with our hearts to be not slaves of sin but to walk in uprightness and righteousness according to the holiness of God. God wants us to be holy as he is holy, according to the books of Peter. So therefore, how do we become this? How do we stay free of sin? And we will be covering that in a short while here on the program. So remember that while Paul is saying to the church at Rome... You have become obedient. The question you and I have to ask ourselves today is, have we, have I become obedient with all my heart based on my understanding of the word and the way I know I should function in my daily life? Do I know that I have been set free of sin by the blood of Christ and that I may walk in newness of life, that I may walk free of sin? I am no longer a slave to sin, but do I really know it? And do I have confidence in this word, that this word of God is more powerful than the actual temptation itself? And as we continue verse 18 of Romans chapter 16, it says, And having been set free from sin, you have become the servants of righteousness, of conformity to the divine will in thought, purpose, purpose and action. So the second aspect we want to look at, is how can we be cleansed and forgiven of our sins in our daily lives, even as a born-again believer? So what we've just covered is how have we been set free, who paid for it, and what does that mean? We are set free because we were buried with Christ, we died with Christ, we were resurrected with Christ, and now we have a newness of life. The old man is dead, our old body that was an instrument of sin, has now been made inactive and ineffective of sin because it is dead, it is gone. You may look in the mirror and say, well, that, I'm still the same person. Well, no, that's not true. You might still have the same fingers, the same toes, the same look on your face, except hopefully you're a little happier now that you have the joy of the Lord inside you. But inside of you, what you cannot see with your naked eyes that God can see with his eyes is your new spirit that he put in you and he recreated. So that's your new heart that you have now got. And you are that heart, that spirit is is free from the from the law of sin and of death, according to Romans chapter eight. And we'll be covering that in a moment, too. So you are absolutely free from sin. The shackles have fallen from your ankles. The shackles, the chains have fell from your heart. Your heart is no longer strapped inside this bondage of sin that you cannot get free from. You are free. Whether you believe it or not, you actually are free. But now you need to believe it and act it. So the second thing is how can we be cleansed and forgiven of our sins in our daily lives even once we are born again and because remember born again believers still face temptations of the devil of this evil world this fallen world even though we are born again we still face temptations and some might argue they are stronger temptations but as we will as we understand now that the, the power of the lord within us is a power that the Holy Spirit is powerful enough to help us. The grace of God is powerful enough to help us say no to sin and to crucify our flesh so that our flesh no longer succumbs to the power of sin. But we will learn in just a few moments here the power, the the dominant voice in ourselves that needs to become more and more dominant than the voice and the loudness of the voice of our flesh, so that we may overcome sin in our daily lives. God has paid for us to be free of sin. Now we have to walk in that inheritance. So the second aspect is, how can we be cleansed and forgiven of our sins in our daily lives, even as a born-again believer? First John chapter 1, verse 9 says, If we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins, He is faithful and just, true to His own nature and promises, and will forgive our sins, dismiss our lawlessness, and continuously cleanse us from all unrighteousness, everything not in conformity to His will and purpose, thought, and action." So that is a key verse for you to constantly remember and be able to pull up in your thoughts and from your remembrance. Whenever you slip, whenever you fall back, whenever you backslide, know that you can immediately get up off the floor and confess your sins to the Lord and He will forgive you your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness in your conscience so that you are not able to condemn yourself anymore if you truly receive the cleansing of unrighteousness of the Lord according to that verse. Here's another couple of verses that will help you. Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, there is now no condemnation, no adjudging guilty of wrong for those who are in Christ Jesus, who live and walk, not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the Spirit." For the law of the Spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being, has freed me from the law of sin and of death. These are two very powerful verses. Remember the Word of God is active and alive. So get these verses into your spirit, into your soul. Know that you are free, but you have to live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the spirit. You have a choice here in verse number 1 of Romans 8. It is your decision every day if you're going to live and walk according to the flesh of the things that you desire with your eyes, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, And the pride of life, those three main categories of sin and desires. Are you going to walk after those three things or one of those three things and be in sin? And Well, if that's the case, then you are going to be condemned. Because verse 1 in Romans chapter 8 is conditional. So if you walk and live not after the dictates of the flesh, but instead you walk after the dictates of the spirit, then there is no condemnation and no adjudging guilty of wrong. Because in verse two, it says, for the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being has freed me from the law of sin and of death. The shackles, the chains are gone because you're in Christ and the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, has absolutely abolished the law of As it pertains to bondage in sin and of death, it will no longer affect you. You're no longer affected by that law because the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has superseded the law of sin and of death. That doesn't mean that the law of sin and of death has been abolished in the world. No, those who do not walk after the Spirit but instead walk after the dictates of the flesh, they are still under the bondage of the law of sin and of death. But that's why you must walk according to Christ. You must walk in Christ, be in Christ, focus on Jesus and say no to the first sight of temptation. Look away, say no. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall follow my shepherd. I shall not follow the evil ways of the devil. I shall not follow the evil ways of wrongdoers and the wickedness in this world. I shall walk according to my shepherd. My shepherd is my Lord Jesus Christ and he is the one who I Following, and I will not uh, abide by any temptations, sin, desires, or anything of that nature. Sin shall not be present in my heart because I will not let the desires become conceived into sin, therefore leading to death. I will focus on Jesus and the power of Jesus, the name that is above all names, and me consuming his word every day, meditating. And pondering the word of God every day will give me strength and it will supersede the power and the temptations that I will say yes to sin. It will override those. And so I will say yes to the Lord and I will say no to temptations. I will have the strength by the Holy Spirit to overcome sin, to overcome these desires of the flesh. I will be able to crucify the flesh by the power of the Word of God and knowing who I am in Christ in Jesus' name. Now, this is a a significant topic, and we will not rush it. We will continue on next week. In the meantime, if you'd like us to pray for you, the email address is touchofgodradio at gmail.com touchofgodradio at gmail.com, and if you'd like to call us, it's country code 1-407-705-3151. Country code 1-407-705-3151, and until next week, you have a blessed week. Amen.